Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hour number three, terrific football Tuesday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next hour as well. And we got a great hour coming up for you here on the show. Uh, 40 minutes from now, we'll get back to our handicap of Week 7 in the National Football League. And we will discuss in detail the Eagles and the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. A possible Super Bowl preview. I don't think like Ken and I think that will be the Super Bowl matchup, but you can make the case that that's a Super Bowl preview coming up on Sunday night in Philadelphia with the Eagles and the Dolphins. That's coming up 40 minutes from now. Power Hour, final hour of the show will feature all our bets for tonight. Bets of Steel in the National Hockey League. We'll give you our baseball bets as well. The games we've already bet for Week 7 in the National Football League. We'll also talk golf with Jason Sobel from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio and the Action Network. So still so much for us to do here in the final two hours on a Tuesday. But man, Ken and I texting last night during the hockey games, we're like, how great is this? So many different prop bets on the NHL. We're sweating all these games. We're sweating the shootout with Calgary and Washington. Just love sports, love betting. And I said to Ken, how about eight days from now when we will have NBA props and NBA sides and totals added to the mix. So, dear listener and dear viewer, if you were unaware of this fact I'm about to drop on you, you are welcome. The NBA season starts one week from today with the Nuggets and the Lakers, the Suns, and the Warriors next Tuesday, October 24th. So, given that we are one week away from the start of the NBA season, we had to have this guy on the show, our absolute favorite guest when it comes to breaking down the NBA. He's been joining us since 2019 on the show, and we absolutely love having him. The great Matt Moore from the Action Network, who's kind enough to take enough time out of his day to join us here for two terrific segments on a terrific Basketball Tuesday, getting you set to bet the NBA this coming season. Matt on Twitter at HP Basketball. His work can be found at ActionNetwork.com and on the Action Network app. And his awesome NBA betting podcast is Buckets. We encourage everybody to check it out. Matt supports us. Please support him and check out his work at the Action Network and check out the Buckets podcast. My friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet. Nick and Ken, happy one week from the 2023-24 NBA season. 
can't wait, man. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic season. I'll tell you, talk to people around the league, watching these games on preseason. Like, there's a real vibe that there's going to be a lot of – it's going to be a competitive season. I think that we're going to see a lot less load management this season. I think we're going to see – a lot more intense games. I think we're going to see some really intense races in each conference. I think it's going to be, there's going to be storylines we never see coming. It happens every year. There's going to be great awards races to bet. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic season. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. And Matt, obviously, over the course of the next two segments, we'll try to hit on like as many of these markets as possible. Your favorite win total bets. Next segment, we'll do every single award market, something I know you love thinking about, I love thinking about too. So can't wait to do that too. I actually do want to just start with like the NBA championship though. I mean, obviously, we don't say we have two segments, but we have a lot we have to get to. Like, let's talk about who's going to win the title this year. And especially if you want to bet on someone to win the title this year, it's, it's one thing to make a prediction, right? But like, are the Nuggets really going to repeat? Are Milwaukee and Boston going to come out in the East and win the title? Is Phoenix with Durant and Booker and Bradley Beal now? Like, the, oh, these four teams have kind of separated themselves in terms of price. So Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets, Suns, consensus price all in that four, five, six to one range, then draw a line to the Lakers and Warriors, then draw a line to everybody else. Did you bet any teams to win the NBA title this year? And who would you bet if you didn't? I have only put one bet in as far as the title market goes, and that is going to be a finals matchup between the Bucks and the Nuggets. Um, you're going to hear me talk about all the reasons why I'm bearish on the Nuggets regular season, but that is the regular season and not the playoffs. This is the best starting five in basketball. Uh, they have counters for absolutely everything. They are an impossible team to solve fully healthy. Uh, the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics and Bucks, would probably be favored, but I still think that the Nuggets in the Western Conference would be should be favored over anybody else. And the Bucks and Celtics honestly struggle with some of the things that Jokic brings to the table in terms of trying to match up defensively, which is their strength. So all that said, I'll think the Bucs is a slight edge over the Celtics. For me, this kind of gets into, do I think the Bucs were better two years ago when they met in that series where Chris Middleton was out? I do. Do I think that Drew Holiday switches it to where the Celtics are better or Chris Tapp's Porzingis? Probably not, just given Porzingis' injury history and the Celtics losing some depth. Uh, Damian Lillard is... Pretty good. I don't know if anybody's mentioned that before, but Damian Lillard's pretty good. That combo is going to be tough to stop. I, I am bearish on both the Nuggets and the Bucks in the regular season. I am bullish on them in the playoffs. I bet that ma matchup at a pretty big number, uh, 950 in the market. But as far as an actual title bet, the only one I really have outside of that, I've talked, come on the show and talked about the New York Knicks because of the possibility of a Joel Embiid trade that continues to kind of hang in the possibility. We'll see what else happens, but those are the ones that I would start with. I... I feel like I may need to go like take a walk right now. And Ken, you may have to take right. over yeah, here. So, like, you know, when was the last time you had a win. cigarette? Uh, <laughs> it's been a it's been a while. Let's get into football right. season. I'm like pretty like pretty straight edge, which kind of sucks. But I might need a cigarette. That's a Knicks fan. After that answer by Matt, um, absolutely love it. Matt, curious. So you got Denver winning the Western Conference. The Western Conference is like a lot of pretty good teams in the West. Curious how you see the hierarchy of the West playing out. And maybe you don't think Denver's going to be the one seed in the conference, but you think the Nuggets are the best team in the West, will represent the West in the finals, maybe go back-to-back -back and win two straight NBA championships. What about the hierarchy of the Western Conference once we get uh, past the Denver Nuggets here, who you have winning the conference right now? 
Yeah, I think if we start to talk about quality of team and ability to win the title and not necessarily regular season output, uh, my number two team in the West would actually be the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to be talking about them a lot here on the show. Uh, I'm as bullish as possible on the Memphis Grizzlies this season. They've made some significant changes that we'll talk about in the win total segment that makes me really high on them. So they're kind of in that tier two. I would put the Suns in that conversation as well in the tier two. Uh, and then another surprising team that this one's kind of out of left field. I actually think the Minnesota the Timberwolves are going to be excellent. I think the Wolves have a really good shot at actually winning the division this season. I think that they match up extremely well with a lot of teams. The Nuggets would actually tell you if they were given truth serum that they probably got the toughest test in the playoffs from the Wolves and not from the Lakers or Suns, which I think many people would be surprised at. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns looks great. They look like a team that's really motivated. I think those teams are probably tier two for me, Memphis, Phoenix, and uh, the Timberwolves, and now you're like, what What about all the, the superstar teams? That next tier is where we find those teams. The Suns, the Warriors, and the Lakers. All those teams have injury concerns. All those teams have aging stars. All those teams have weaknesses on one side of the ball or the other. Uh, the Lakers look really good in preseason, but I'm still a little skeptical about both their ability to stay healthy as well as their playoff viability for some of the guys they have in the rotation. The Warriors, they lost some depth. They are going in on older guys trying to shoot the gap here. I am worried that they are not, they are kind of past the prime, that it's really just Curry left in that range. Uh, and then you got the Phoenix Suns, who look, the Suns could win 60 games and be a juggernaut. We could be talking about, like, why are we not just betting the Suns by the time we get to March, right? We're like, what Ken's talking about. What's the obvious answer here? Um, but at the same time, the defense, I think, has some real question marks. And for all the talk of their offseason, they didn't add like it's Eric Gordon and Kate Bates Diop and Grayson Allen, like Yusuf Nurkic. They're not adding high level guys. And so there's still some question marks there. So I put those teams kind of there. And that I think gives you a pretty good idea of where I've got the Western conference this season. Matt, we'll do win totals in a second. Before we do, you, you mentioned something in the first, and I'm sure people who haven't heard that MB answer from you before with the Knicks are like, wait, what? Like, what are you what? talking about? Like people that don't follow NBA gossip, NBA rumors, what might be out there. The teams are kind of like, what's always the word? They're monitoring the Joel Embiid situation. Yeah, but they're monitoring the Joel Embiid situation. Like any good player, they're monitoring their situation. We have that going on. And then obviously like the specter of like what this James Harden situation is going to be with the Sixers. Like, where does he end up? A lot of articles written every day of camp about what's going on. So like we just talked about the title and the ranking of teams. And I think we think that like those teams are going to have those stars. And so maybe nothing changes like with the superstar players. But it seems like Philly has two guys that could change things. If one of those guys, especially Embiid, goes somewhere or Harden goes somewhere. How do you think that situation is going to get resolved? Is Embiid playing on a different team at the end of this year? Is Harden playing on a different team? And what might some of those teams be? I think Harden's playing on a different team by December. I just think that eventually somebody will probably head in that direction. It may be a, a thing where the first 15, you know, 10 games go by and a GM finds out like, oh, I, my job is a little bit in danger and I thought we were going to be good. And we're not. And if that Ralph Wiggum meme from The Simpsons, I'm in danger. And once you get there, like, what's the obvious answer? Well, you should trade for James Harden, obviously. So somebody takes a shot there. If we do get some sort of star player, like a substar, right? I keep coming back to Chicago because it makes the most sense to me because Harden's an expiring contract, which gives them the options. I don't know if Chicago would pull that off. I don't know if Arturis Karnasovas would be interested in that. But both DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are two guys that make a lot of sense in that kind of a deal. If you're like, we just need to shake things up. If things don't go well for Chicago early, and I've got their over as far as a win total goes, but if things go badly, that would make a lot of sense, right? So I think Harden does get moved. And the question is, does the return on Harden placate Joel Embiid enough to where he's like, 
it's fine. We're going to go ahead and stay here. I'm resolved here. Is it good enough where he's like, I'm going to stick it out this season and we'll see in the summer. The Knicks, I, I just know that on top of Carl Anthony Towns, that's, that's already been reported. Like, they are monitoring the situation. There are teams that are keeping the powder dry for a possible Joel Embiid trade uh, in the event that that he does decide he wants out. He's not projecting that this is going to happen. There are guys that you can see this coming a mile away. Like everyone's projecting it with Donovan Mitchell. Like everyone's out ahead of it to a degree. I think is a little bit too much. Embiid's not in that camp where it's like everyone's like, well, he's probably going to stay. And then you're like, is he definitely going to stay? And people go. Well, and that's enough for me to think that there's probably value specifically on the Knicks, who I think would be at the top of the list for getting him. Um, and nobody else really is 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 a bet I'm willing to make. The Knicks give me a couple of outs uh, in various outcomes, given how good their team is. But that's why that bet, I think, has value. But in general, uh, I think Harden is gone. And I think Embiid is probably 60-40 he stays. But that's higher than I think most people would think. Well, we've never seen James Harden like start the year on one team and then kind of sabotage the situation no. to force his way somewhere else. So, I mean, like we've never thrown out of territory. John Wall's here. head. Yeah, here you go, John Wall. <laughs> you. Whoosh. Right. Yeah. Tell you what, he's got the best job. He's gonna be eat, eating cheeseburgers every day for the next couple months to get out of shape while still getting paid <laughs> millions of dollars. We should all be so lucky. Also, as a Knicks fan, after all this, if we end up with Carl Anthony Towns and not Joel Embiid, I'm gonna be very upset. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a terrific Tuesday talking the NBA with our good friend Matt Moore from the Action Network on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, let's have a win total conversation here. Give us a team that you think exceeds expectations, goes over the win total, and give us a team that you think does not exceed expectations, goes under the win total this year. Win total conversation here, Matt. All right, teased it. Let's go ahead and go with Nuggets under. I'll get start right there. So the Nuggets... I'm not concerned about their starting five. I talked about how good they are. Their depth issues, and look, the vibes are immaculate in preseason and training camp. This team looks like they want to play. They're excited to play. Uh, Julian Strother, first-round pick, going to be a hit on top of Christian Brown. The problem is just, look, if all of the minutes with Nikola Jokic are plus 10, no matter who you have, and even those stagger minutes, and you're missing MPJ and you lost some of the depth. Like, MPJ's out. Okay, so you put in Peyton Watson. That's a pretty big downgrade. Like, that's just a pretty big downgrade. Is it as bad as Jeff Green? Maybe not. Jeff Green's numbers were really bad. But especially in the backcourt, if Jamal Murray needs a night off, it's Reggie Jackson. Like, that's who is starting. The problem is not even so much that lineup because it plays with Jokic. It's that then when Reggie Jackson goes out, it's second-round pick Jalen Pickett. You combine that with the fact that they are just probably going to coast a lot this season. The defense will probably be, I think when the Nuggets look good, they're going to look like the team that won the title. But I think that this number is obscenely high at 54 and a half in the market. Teams that are of that level have gone under at about a 70% clip over the last 11 years. The numbers are really good on betting against over 50 and particularly over 54 and a half. So I will go ahead and take the under on the Nuggets. The over, I mentioned this earlier, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. Love this team. I actually have them Western Conference one seed 18 to one. You can find that at that MGM. I think that's a great bet as well. Uh, their big problem, half-court offense. Couldn't score in the half-court. They can run you out the gym if they force turnovers. Can't score on the road because they don't have a stable enough offense. They have shifted their philosophy. You hear Taylor Jenkins talk about that. You hear a lot of talk about uh, what Luke Kennard's going to bring to the table. Zaire Williams has apparently made a leap. The guys are very excited about him. I think Desmond Bain is going to be an absolute breakout player. We'll return to him in a little bit. 
so the Grizzlies to me are an absolute steal with a, a number somewhere around 45 and a half. There's a way too much of a projection of them slipping without John Morant. John matters. John makes them better, but they're able to be a better defensive team, which is their core identity. That doesn't change. And they're able to be a better one without him. Marcus Smart helps. I like their depth. I think the Grizzlies are going to coast over that number. I like the Grizzlies close to 51 wins this season. Matt, those are like two teams at the top, obviously, like that might win a lot of games in like 20 seconds here, like hard 20 seconds, a surprise playoff team, maybe a team like at the bottom to get to the middle here in like 20 seconds. Indiana Pacers, they're going to be the darling. Everyone's going to be on this team, but there is a lot of reason for it. I think they're going to be a top five offense. That's how fast they're going to play. They've moved guys in the offseason to make sure they could play faster. I think Bruce Brown helps them defensively. I think Miles Turner's back this season. I love the Obi Toppin addition. They're going for it this season. The talent is there. They add some veterans. I think the Pacers over, and I have a Pacers playoff bet as well. I think they're going to wind up around 45 and a half. Definitely profile as a really exciting team this coming season. So great segment there with Matt talking big picture betting stuff here in the NBA ahead of the regular season starting one week from today. On the other side, how about award market conversation? And maybe a little division stuff with our pal Matt Moore as well. Who is Matt betting to win? Most valuable player. Is it Victor Wembanyama as rookie of the year? All of that and more coming up. Matt Moore joins us for another segment. Nick and Ken, you better you bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. We'll get back to the National Football League 20 minutes from now. P-squared, B-squared, Sunday Night Football with the Eagles and the Dolphins in Philadelphia. Power Hour, final hour of the show, 40 minutes from now, featuring all our bets for tonight. But right now, we've got another 20 minutes, and how great is this? Talking NBA betting with our good friend Matt Moore from the Action Network. Matt, again, on Twitter, at HP Basketball. Check out his NBA betting uh, podcast, Buckets, ActionNetwork.com, and the Action Network app. Uh, we hit on a lot of big-picture betting conversation in the NBA with the season one week away in the previous segment let's talk some NBA awards right now here with the great Matt Moore and uh, I'll hand the baton over to our goat of award betting here on you better you bet the great Ken Barkley Ken kick us off here talking awards with Matt Moore well yeah I feel like there's just uh I'm sure Matt agrees with this there's this like certain like small group of degenerates and like we're like oh, it's like oh like what do you guys all talk about like we just like to talk about awards <laughs> we just like really really like to it's just really fun and uh for people who've never bet awards before the NBA can be uh can be pretty wacky because you know last year there were three guys that could have won MVP and it almost turned into like a backyard brawl of everyone trying to figure out who was going to win the award at the end of the season Joel Embiid obviously ended up winning and Matt why don't we start with MVP don't know if any long shots can get into the mix here, but among the contenders, I'll be honest, like I don't have a guy I like really versus the other guys. The prices are kind of staggered here where, you know, Jokic is the favorite. So in order, Jokic, Luka, Giannis, Tatum, Embiid are all sub 10 to one kind of in like a staircase of like increasing price. So Jokic, Luka, Giannis, Tatum, and Embiid. And then you have like Curry and then you're going to like Duran and kind of like your second tier guys, SGA, who maybe you're going to want to talk about what just kind of like handicap this for us about like, what are you looking for? Is this an award you want to bet before the year? And, uh, and maybe who do you have winning at the end? So historically we've seen last 25 years, only two winners, Kobe and Steve Nash have won it over the age of 29. And that to me is like a very important sticky stat that we just do not see. Once you get to close to 30 at 29, you are shifting into, I am prioritizing winning titles. So I am not prioritizing the regular season. And we have 
Embiid, who won it last year, Giannis, who has one, and Jokic, who has two. All of those guys are in. All I care about is titles now. Like Embiid has made it very clear, like he got the one and then he got embarrassed. So he's probably pretty motivated to just go out and win the title this year. With the games restriction, I think that get, gives us even more reason to think that we're probably going to have, I think, a season of changeover. I just think it's more likely that these guys between 25 and 28 are stepping in and probably going to bring a little bit more value to this market. So I don't like betting on Jokic, don't like betting on Giannis, don't like betting on, 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 on Embiid either for this award. My favorite bet right now in, in terms of those guys is Tatum. I'm really worried about the Mavericks. They look awful. Luka's already hurt. That can change by January, but I feel like I have time to still get Luka at a pretty good number. He's 6-1 to one right now at BetMGM, King of Sportsbooks. So with Jason Tatum being 7-1, to one, I think that's better value right now. I think the Celtics are going to be a monster. I know the Celtics will be good, and I know Jason Tatum will be a big part of them being good. So he checks both of those boxes. I like those guys. From there, though, I like some of the long shots. I You mentioned Shea Gilders Alexander. He finished fifth in voting last year. The numbers are there for him. If you look at his impact on both sides of the floor and the production, I think there's a really good chance that Shea's actually going to be in this combo. He Again, he already finished fifth, and that doesn't mean that like he finished fifth because Luka and the Mavericks tanked. Luka would have been fifth otherwise. But still, Shea was good enough to carry that kind of attention from the voters. That, to me, matters with OKC Prime to make a pretty big jump. The best value for me on the board, though, is actually Donovan Mitchell. 30 to 1. I like this Cavs team a lot. The the trade stuff definitely spooks me and concerns me. But at 30 to 1, thinking maybe this doesn't happen until the offseason, I think the Cavs have a real capacity to win 52 plus games a season. If they do, and Mitchell's putting up the kind of numbers that he's capable of, he's going to be in that conversation. So for me, Mitchell at 30 to 1, Shea at 18 to 1, Tatum at seven and a half to one. There's a seven and a half in the market. Those, to me, are the best values to bet right now before we start building the in-season kind of portfolio going forward. How good is our friend Matt Moore? So Matt giving us his thoughts there on NBA Most Valuable Player. Matt, out of any other award market right now in the NBA as we're one week away from the season, what is your favorite bet and why? Well, let's do Desmond Bain Most Improved Player because, boy, do I love this bet. Uh, Desmond Bain's numbers, if you take his age and you comp him to where Harden was in 2012 as a six-man coming off the bench for that title team, Bain actually matches up favorably. Now, offensive explosion's got to be factored in there. I am not saying that Desmond Bain's going to make a leap to MVP status or if they, he got traded to a team like Houston was, that he would jump into the scoring 40 a night. What I am saying is I think Desmond Bain is a guy that is going to help lead the Grizzlies. If I'm as high on Memphis as I am, and I talked about them as my favorite win total over, if I think they're going to be really good, that's a surprise story that helps with the narrative. MIP talks about a big jump in scoring. You look at his per 36s in preseason, I, re- I recognize. I'm talking per 36s in preseason, but it's really promising. Like he's averaging 31 a game because his efficiency is so high. He's a great passer. He's a great defender. He's a good rebounder. And he's going to have the reins of this team until Jaw gets back. And then Jaw's going to have probably injuries afterwards. So for me, with, with Desmond Bain, at the kind of value that he presents in this market, which is pretty considerable at the numbers that you can find him at. Uh, I love Desmond Bain for most improved player. Yeah. It's funny. Like I, I always think about most improved player as like a, a guy who goes to a new team or a guy who stays on a team, but like becomes that number one option. And usually that's like a trade or it's like organized 
so that that guy's the number one. Here we have a situation where like Desmond Bain was never supposed to be the number one. Like this was never supposed to happen. And a guy got suspended and like that's what creates maybe the opportunity. Like I haven't bet that yet, but it's like a really interesting, like a non-traditional path to a guy winning the award. It's just like, well, what created the opportunity? Well, the guy was waving guns around that was supposed to be the number one. And like now he's not going to play anymore. And so now Desmond Bain is going to score whatever, 31 a John game. Morant we're talking about suspended. Pre- I tried. That right. was my pre- Bane preseason. It wasn't good. Preseason per 36 is nice. <laughs> that, that was a pretty good Bane voice. Um, but why don't we talk about Victor Wembanyama, Matt, and Rookie of the Year? You you said something very surprising in the commercial break between the segments. I was expecting this to be like an easy answer. I I haven't bet anyone. Ex- I haven't bet Wembanyama either. But like sort of an even money type favorite in an award. You don't see that very often before a season starts. Everybody's watched the preseason. The guy's arms look like they're seventeen feet long. He's like dunking from the the free throw line, standing still. I mean, it seems like it's like the scene in Space Jam where Jordan like extends the arm out to score the game winning basket. Like that's literally what he's doing in an NBA game. Just seems impossible, and he's doing it. So. He's a very, very big favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Are you trying to beat him? Is this market already decided? A lot of people kind of think it is. What about Rookie of the Year? I don't think it's decided. I think that he's going to put up a lot of production, and he's going to have these highlights that were just like, oh, my gosh. But there's going to be a lot of nights where I think the matchup probably for him that teams find a way to be like, you're going to have to get into his body early, and that wears him down. I'm really worried about his durability. So he played in that, in that Euro League season, and then he goes into Summer League, and he was really worn down. The NBA season is such a grind, and I do wonder for a guy like Victor who, with his type of body and the toll that's going to be on him in playing big minutes, even if he's playing power forward a lot of nights, they're going to put big bodies on him constantly. I wonder if that's going to be a little bit of a cost to not only his availability, but also to his efficiency. If he gets worn down a little bit, if he's not necessarily able to stay on the floor as much as he'd like, you worry about stuff like, okay, can he avoid foul trouble? Should be able to, because he can just get beat and then block it from behind because he's got the wingspan of a pterodactyl. But still, I do think that there's at least a little bit of value here because look, Scoot Henderson is like the guy. Like everyone in Portland is like, oh, this guy has it. Like he commands a floor with NBA veterans. I don't love the number right now for Scoot at three to one. Like that's not, I'm not crazy about it. I already have a bet on him from the summer. I do like a little bit of Amon Thompson because I think I continue to believe that I think Amon Thompson is going to be like the guy for Houston. They've been thinking like, oh, it's Jalen Green. And then they drafted Jabari and they're like, it's Jabari. No, it's still Jalen Green. I think it's going to be like, oh no, it's Amon Thompson. Oh no, it's definitely Amon Thompson. And that's what I hear the coaching staff is kind of like trying to, to like mumble around the edges a little bit. Does that mean that Victor Wembanyama is not going to win? No. But do I think that there are other guys that are going to have really strong cases if we get into a situation where it's like, look, you know, Scooter Amon played way more games than Victor. Scooter Amon had played way more minutes than Victor. Um, Victor hasn't played in a month because of either an injury or they're, you know, trying to manage him a little bit better. I kind of thought that the Spurs would be a little bit more aggressive in trying to win, but their offseason doesn't necessarily project that. They're going to be very patient, and I don't think that they're going to load manage him, but I do wonder if that impacts his overall production if there's not enough talent on the floor around him. It's enough at least for me to be interested in looking at alternatives in this award, particularly Amon Thompson, and for looking for an opportunity, especially if Victor gets off to a great start, to bet Scoot Henderson. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Terrific basketball Tuesday. Talking the upcoming NBA season with Matt Moore from the Action Network. Matt on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, do you have a hashtag certified banger for us when it comes to betting coach of the year this year in the association? Let's go Chris Finch 20 to 1. I love this bet. So again, I'm very high on the Timberwolves, but also 
what I really like about this is is there is kind of this uh, this perception I think that Finch is not in that top tier, and I think he's in that top tier. I think he's one of those guys that is as good at the tactical side stuff. They are so well prepared. That's one of the things I really look for is every night. Do you look like you're a team that knows what it should be doing? Like, are you aware of where you should be and how you should be playing? And they look like it every single night. Uh, so I really like Chris Finch there, especially. I think there's actually a chance that people will go. You know what? The Timberwolves team is really great, and he figured out how to make Carl Anthony Towns and Ruby Gobert work. Like that alone is like an accomplishment. Even though he's got a lot of talent, there's an opportunity there for him to get home just with that kind of a presentation versus you look at some of the other guys and it's going to be built on, you know, the talent like Adrian Griffin is second to one in this market. Really? Cause that, that seems like that's a pretty talented team. Joe Missoula. Mm, no, sir. Jason kid. No, no way. So some of these other names, I don't really think are going to be, imp- they're not going to impress voters with the job that they did. And I think the wolves going from a play in tournament team, if they land it with a top four seed, Chris Finch, I think is a guy that will actually get most of the credit instead of maybe an Anthony Edwards for MVP. I think it makes a bunch of sense. Coach of the Year is always like, <clears throat> excuse me, a really interesting market. Mike Brown won at an astronomical preseason price. We don't always see that happen. Like a team like the Kings come out of nowhere, but he was, even the first month of the year was like 80 to one. Uh, Matt, why don't we do defensive player of the year next? I think this is a pretty interesting market just because, okay, like the, the favorite is the guy who won last year, Jaron Jackson Jr. But I think for those of us that follow awards closely, we remember all the discussion late in the year about, okay, like he, he gets a lot of blocks and steals, but like, first of all, there was that that Reddit conspiracy theory that they were like made up and he didn't actually get them. And I feel like people kind of, kind of, yeah, I mean, just, I love the NBA that people almost kind of wanted to give it to somebody else, but there just wasn't like a lot to do. Evan Mobley was maybe a little too young. Brooke Lopez was Brooke Lopez. There just like, wasn't a lot going on. Is it Jaron Jackson? Again, he's the favorite in the market or are we going elsewhere for defensive player? Got to go elsewhere. Uh, it's not to me just the the stuff about the home stuff. But to me, it's that Team USA stuff. It's there's going to be such a focus every night that he doesn't have double digit rebounds. Everybody's going to go ah, not rebounding enough. Just like in Team USA, even if you look across and it's like oh, Stephen Adams had 13 rebounds. That's never mind. The Grizzlies out rebounded them by 15. Like he's going to have that kind of scrutiny on him. The foul trouble I think is there. Plus, look. Early in the season when Jaw's out, Jaron's probably going to pick up some of the slack offensively. Like I talked about Desmond Bain, but Jaron grew a lot offensively last season too, and I think he's going to show more of that this season. That takes away your energy on the defensive end. Players talk about that all the time, about how they can't balance offense, defense equally. And if you're doing a little bit more on offense, it probably takes a little bit away. So for me, uh, I'm going back to the wells. I have almost every single year, and we're going to try Bam out of bio for the 18th time because I think he's the best defender again, in the Matt, NBA. He's, again with he's Bam out of bio, really? We're just going to do that again? <laughs> again, I'm willing to go down with the ship, but I got some some longer spots that I think are really good too. Uh, I bet Nick Claxton over the summer. I think there's a chance the Brooklyn Nets are really good defensively. And if they are, there's going to be a lot of conversation about what Clax is able to do in terms of blocks, and he's less foul prone and he's a really switchable guard um i have a really crazy one which is i actually really like alex caruso who's 66 to 1 he led the league in defensive epm last season that's been the most consistent stat and kind of projecting award votes across the board um he's gonna have to play enough minutes that's a problem he's gonna have to to play on a bulls team that's gonna have to repeat last year's defensive performance when they were sixth that's a problem but caruso i think garners a lot of attention as being that level of defender so i kind of actually like the value on him there the other one that i bet this morning was herb jones 50 to 1 um Herb Jones is amazing. He is legit awesome. And they kind of found ways to include him offensively last season. He's not Tony Allen. He's not Matisse Tybel. He's not a zero offensively. And I think that if you look at the Pelicans' underlying stuff, 
as long as they don't have the their pets heads fell off kind of injury luck they did last year even if zion's out this is going to be a top 10 defense that's where you got to start with these things and they're top 10 i think they're closer to top five and if they're top five i think herb jones gets a lot of attention for defensive player of the year he's awesome so like herb jones alex caruso and a little bit of bam out of bio i'm going against the grain of the big men there and those are the ones i like for dpoi matt what, what would uh emerald Lagasse say about your favorite bet for a defensive player of the year what? 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 Nick, tell me what he would say. Uh, Ken. Bam. The <laughs> bam is bam is the correct answer. We have thirty seconds for this. Uh, just final question, Matt. Um, I love. I, I know that you've got in your, your buckets podcast. You guys are talking about division winners this year in the NBA. What's your favorite division division winning bet in the NBA? We only have about twenty seconds for the answer. Yeah, I like the Timberwolves a lot here. They're plus 600 to, to topple the Nuggets. I just think, again, the Nuggets are a little bit worse. The Wolves are a little bit better. There's a, a, a little bit of a margin closing there. I also like the Hawks plus 220. I think they're going to be a lot better under Quinn Snyder. I like both of those bets quite a bit. If you really look at it, uh, the Wolves are very capable of being at least a, a close to a handful of games within the Nuggets, which gives you a good hedge opportunity at the end of the year. We, we love having our friend Matt Moore on the show. We look forward to doing this throughout the NBA season. He is the absolute best. He supports us, so please support him. On Twitter at HP Basketball, The Buckets Podcast, and his written work, ActionNetwork.com, and his bets on the Action Network app. My friend, thank you very much. We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the calm before the storm coming up here, man, and we will catch up with you once we got games being played. Excited to do it, guys. Thanks for having me. I love that guy. The great Matt Moore joining us here on You Better You Bet. Coming up next, P-squared, B-squared, Eagles, Dolphins, Sunday Night Football. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Mostert is back there, Lamb of what? It's Mostert. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Uh, Kevin Harlan with the call this past weekend. We'll we'll do the Eagles and the Dolphins, P-squared, B-squared in a second. We'll promote, uh, we'll do the, I'll do the merch store plug here now. Uh, YouBetterYouBetShop.com has all our merchandise. Uh, YBYB After Dark, Don't Be a Slap, Prop King, Long Sleeves, Hoodies, Hats, and more. YouBetterYouBetShop.com. YouBetterYouBetShop.com for all your You Better You Bet merchandise needs. Uh, I'll promote what's coming up in the Power Hour in a second. We'll do the Eagles and the Dolphins in a second. But uh, really, really enjoyed that 40 minutes just now with Matt Moore. Has me ridiculously excited now for this NBA season. Was excited before. We did it to open the show as well. Can't wait to bet awards, Ken. Can't wait to bet game-by-game stuff. That got me really jazzed up for next Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. My, my my kids are like stampeding upstairs. I'm like, what's going on? As I'm like thinking about how excited I am for NBA awards. Um, I it's I don't agree with everything Matt said in terms of like I'm betting them, but I really really liked those opinions and like they do they kind of follow the same methodology that I like to use when I bet awards. I think just to like pick one out, like I I agree with him that I think MVP this year is before the season MVP is really really difficult because he's right. And I think people have heard me say this on the show a lot too, that like you kind of graduate through steps in your career and you you have like an MVP phase and then you kind of like have your your window that you win and then it's really like titles or you're just like past the prime of your career. It's one of those two things and you're kind of on to the next thing and we, we're, on, we're on to the new thing, except like there's a weird jump where 
the new thing or the current thing has been Embiid, Giannis, Jokic in some order for three years now. And Luka was supposed to be the new thing. Like this was supposed to be like last year and this year was supposed to be, okay, cool. Now Baton's handed off and you're next and we go. And like, this is what it is, except not only did it not happen last year and they tanked, I mentioned like I was really in on them this year before the preseason started. And I even said, look, I haven't bet any of this stuff yet because let's watch the preseason just in case something happens. And like, boy, like, was I, am I really happy that that was the philosophy and not like, oh, but in a bunch of stuff like Kyrie already got hurt. Luca got hurt. The team looks miserable in a bunch of situations. I'm not sure their defense is going to be good enough. Like there's a lot of stuff that's bad that's going on with Dallas. And now I'm kind of like, all right, well, if, if, you know, Jokic and Giannis are definitely past their MVP window, I think, and in terms of just people wanting to vote for them, Embiid maybe wins again. Like, he won last year. It's not like his window has to be closed. He just won. And like, all right, but if it's not them, and I really don't like Tatum for the award statistically, and now Luka, like, is that team good enough? Maybe not. I mean, you're not you're out of options, but you're out of the obvious options. Like, you're out of the ones that make the most sense. And so then it's like, well, is this going to be a really crazy? And to Matt's point, like he he likes SGA. Like I I get it. Like I get why he likes SGA because he maybe he maybe the batons to him instead. A guy who statistically stacks up really well obviously has the chance to be on a team that's going to win a bunch of games this year. Or is it like a weird throwback, which we don't have basically ever? Um, you know, is it like back to Kevin Durant? because the Suns are going to win 65 games or back to Curry because the Warriors are going to win a lot. I don't think it's either of those, but like, I guess. And you start to kind of keep like, man, like who do I even like? I don't think I've ever entered a season before since I've been even like paying attention to MVP. And I've been betting it for like seven or eight years. I don't even think I've entered a year before where I actually dislike everyone. Like there's not, usually it's like, oh, I like him and I like him and I like him, like NFL MVP. And this year it's like, I actually hate all of them to win the award. I found huge red flags with all of them. And then I have no idea who's going to win. Issue number one, Jalen Brunson will be NBA most valuable player, Ken Barkley. Right. The Knicks bullishness was like a really funny wrinkle in that interview where it's just like, that's what we were going to talk about. Can I, like, can MVP I ask you something? Like, to the Knicks and you're over here just salivating. <laughs> can I ask you something? Like, yeah. I, do you... Do you share Matt's optimism about the Knicks this season? Well, his optimism is entirely driven by their pursuit of Embiid. I think if you asked Matt, are they going to well, win the championship or even like go to the conference finals with no Embiid, like he'd be like, probably not. Like they can, he, but probably not. Hashtag off air. We were talking. I don't think he would mind if I said this because he does a ton of content. He thinks the Knicks are going to be like really good this year either way. Oh, I think they could win a lot of regular season games and like make the second round of the playoffs, like something oh, like that, so like, like a really year. classic, like good team, you know? But I mean, like, like let's, but like, let's be really clear. Like if they, if they play like Milwaukee in the conference finals, I don't care how good the regular season was. That's like bucks minus 500 from the get go. <laughs> like that's not but even, like it doesn't matter the how good the regular season is. They're the best two players. Like it's, it's like, no, we know, we have, yeah. we have, but we have the best player, Jalen Bronson. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? Got it. Yeah. He was, he was so good. Lowry market and one most improved. That's how good he was. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's I, like that. The Knicks can be good. They can win. I don't even know what their win total is this year. Like what is their win total? Like a mid 40 or something, I, probably something in that. I think I, yeah. Like I think it's, I, okay. I don't know off the top. Like, I know they're minus to make the playoffs. Yes. I saw that on the screen too. Yeah. Like I, that would be my guess for something like what it is, but um, I, I would not share bullishness about them in any postseason market uh, without changing the composition of the team. But like, look, as can Tibbs 
grind more knees into dust this year and uh, and get a lot out of the team? Sure. Could also, if they start poorly, would they make a change at coach because now the expectations are really high? Yeah, absolutely. Like we th- we kind of thought that was going to happen halfway through last year. And now, now think about how high the expectations are. We got people coming on the show saying they're going to be awesome. What happens if they start five and 12? Like what happens if that starts? Then it's the same thing all over again. What uh, what CAA Asian could we make the uh, the head coach of the team? That's what I want to know. I think that's what we should be tracking here. Like, who, 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 who so, from CAA? I wish I knew more names of agents. Of I would drop yeah, one here. I, yeah, just, which dad of a player? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, what's up? Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, there's a lot of different directions that could go. Um, yeah. This is our last 10 minutes coming up on Stadium for today. Um, If you're watching on Stadium right now and you want to check out the final hour, the power hour of the show, which will feature all our bets coming up for all the games tonight, bets of steel, Major League Baseball, the games we've already bet in the National Football League for Week 7, and a golf betting conversation with our pal Jason Sobel, just flip on over at the end of the show to twitch.tv backslash betql, twitch.tv backslash betql to watch the final hour of You Better You Bet on this terrific Tuesday. But for now, let's talk the Eagles and the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. Just an awesome game to uh, to end our Sunday. Like, we actually will be waiting all day for Sunday night on Sunday. Can the betting market here for the two former Alabama quarterbacks going at it? Like, a lot of great storylines in this game. I think that one's my favorite, right, with Hurts and Tua. The Eagles, a two-point home favorite at BetMGM. The total is 52. Eagles coming off their first loss of the, of the year at the Jets this past Sunday. And uh, Miami scored about 9 billion points again against the Carolina Panthers. Both teams are 5-1. and one. Ken, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Dolphins and the Eagles. What a great game coming up on Sunday night. Yeah, and, and obviously, um, you know, ton of implications for conferences, ton of implications in their respective divisions because with Dallas winning last night. Like, Eagles have to win, obviously, to maintain an advantage. Dolphins and Bills is going to be neck and neck down the stretch of the season. MVP, you have the favorite, Tua, against, like, one of the favorites. Hurts, obviously, and team record will be a big part of it. Offensive player of the year, you have the current favorite, Tyree Kill, and kind of, like, the charging contending player, which is A.J. Brown. For the Eagles, like, that's all, like, there's so much stuff going on. You have maybe some other awards going on there too uh coach of the year with mcdaniel uh i have a pretty strong opinion on this game and i don't i definitely don't have to be right but i just um i i think the dolphins just like not can they win the super bowl whatever just like at this moment and how they're rated uh are overrated versus what i actually think they are as a team and i think at the end of the year they can be really good right jalen ramsey might come back like or might come back sooner than expected i think he's definitely going to come back like there are pieces they can add that make them so interesting and they are a very interesting team but like let's be really honest like they only stepped up in class once it was against buffalo they got absolutely annihilated in the game it was non-competitive and this is a type of team that's like that. Like, cool, they played the Chargers. It was a really close game. They won in week one. They've then beaten the Patriots, the Broncos, the Giants, and the Panthers. We talk about Dallas as a bully sometimes when they play teams that they're way better than. They run up the score because their defense is so good. The Dolphins are like an offensive bully. Like, they play teams that they're way better than, and they run up the score because they're really smart and they have fast players and the other team sucks, and they score 60 points. That's not this. This is this is the Bills game again and there's a unit that doesn't belong in this game. The Eagles offense is great. The Eagles defense is a little hurt and not as good as it was last year, but still pretty good. And the Dolphins offense is the best in the league. The Dolphins defense has no place in this game. It's one of the worst in the league by a lot of measurements. It's really bad. And the two times that they stepped up in class, the Chargers ran the ball for 500 yards and the Bills scored on every possession. So tell me why this is gonna be different. Now, maybe Lane Johnson doesn't play and that's like a big deal. And maybe Jalen Hurts is just a little off right now. You think he's hurt. Okay, cool. Like, that's possible. 
I don't know how the Eagles aren't scoring on almost every possession. They're the number one red zone offense, or not red zone offense, the number one third down offense in the league. Like they keep drives going. I don't think the Dolphins are going to get them off the field the whole game. I don't know how they're going to do it. They don't get anybody off the field the whole game when they play good teams. So how are they going to get the Eagles off the field? Uh, I think the Eagles score literally every possession. Now, maybe they kick threes instead of scoring sevens. That's possible. But like they're getting in the red zone a ton. They're scoring a ton. They're accumulating a billion yards. That's a tough game for Miami to win. It, it profiles a lot like the Buffalo game for me. So love the Eagles. I understand why the number is what it is. Really like Philadelphia. Also like the over. Well, I was going to say, like, your handicap there kind of, like, would lead me, Ken, more towards the over than I think it would towards Philadelphia because, look, you make a great case as to why the Eagles are going to score a lot in this game or at least have a ton of yards, maybe settle for field goals. Maybe that's, like, what makes you not like the over as much. But how's Miami not scoring on this Eagles defense, too, though, right? I mean, it makes me, like, your handicap there with Philly's offense— to be fair, like they scored enough to get the game over. Like the game wasn't like a low scoring game, but they they didn't like go possession but for possession like at all with the Bills. But had a ton of yards in that game. Like correct me if I'm wrong. Oh like, yeah. I mean, both teams like a million yards in the game. Like, I got right. Miami up a million yards in this game. And like that should lead to them scoring points, you would think, right? To get them over a 52 total. Oh, to get over the total, no question. But I just mean like to be competitive, like they can, like the Bills game flew over the total. There was no point in that game where Miami was competitive, basically, from like the first quarter onwards. I, I think this is that. I just, I don't know why we think the Dolphins defense can hold up in any game against any good team. Maybe the Eagles offense is so poorly coached to make so many mistakes that they can do that. And in the red zone, the Eagles mess up a lot, maybe. Maybe that's how it happens. But I'll just say like, if that doesn't happen, like, I, I don't I don't know what the recipe is for the Eagles not scoring, like, literally on every possession. Like, that's what the Chargers did. That's what the Bills did. Now, this is different. They're on the road in the game, too. This is going to be different. Why? Like, why are the Eagles not scoring all the time in this game? I just, I like, until someone can solve that for me, I love the Eagles. Uh, Eagles team total, Canada, BetMGM, 27 and a half, juiced under. Yeah, it's the same difference. I mean, it's 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 all the same bet. I could also bet prop overs on their receivers and stuff like that. I mean, it's all the same bet. It's the same handicap. Very interesting. Uh, give you more of my take on the Eagles and the Dolphins to start the power hour. We'll do Monday Night Football with the Niners and the Vikings, the games that we've already bet for Week 7 in the NFL, golf with Jason Sobel, bets of steel and baseball bets as well. If you're watching on Stadium, head on over. Twitch.tv backslash betql. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.